Hey everyone, welcome back to Making a Genre. This is Ayushi, your host. On this latest episode, we are going to be talking about the impact of true crime documentaries on public. But before we dive into that, let's talk about the reasons why people are so obsessed with true crime shows. Everywhere you turn these days, it seems like there's a new and widely successful book, podcast, or show devoted to a crime, which raises the question. Why are we so obsessed with true crime? Because it's normal. To a point. First things first. There's nothing weird about being true crime obsessed. It says that we are normal and we are healthy, but of course there should be limits. You can't just be thinking, reading, and talking about crime all day long. Because evil fascinates us. The true crime genre gives people a glimpse into the minds of the people who have committed the most fundamental taboo. and also perhaps a most fundamental human impulse that is a murder we want to figure out what drove these people to this extreme act and what makes them tick because we never actually commit murder because of the 24/7 news cycle even if we have been fascinated by crime since the beginning of time we likely have the media to thank for the uptick in the true crime fad a fascination with crime is equaled by a fear of crime and this media understands if it bleeds it leads and because we can't look away from a train wreck serial killers tantalize people much like traffic accidents train wrecks or natural disasters in other words the actions of a serial killer may be horrible to behold but much of the public simply cannot look away due to the spectacle because it helps us feel prepared studies of true crime have shown that people tend to focus on threats to their own well-being Others have noted that women in particular seem to have true crime and love them that's cause they are getting tips about how to increase their chances of survival if they find themselves in a dangerous situation watching listening to or reading about real crimes could be like a dress rehearsal because we are glad we are not the victim one of the main reasons we are obsessed with true crime is because it gives us an opportunity to feel relieved that we are not the victim it's not necessarily sadistic but if a bad fate had to fall on someone at least it fell on someone else there's a sense of relief in finding out that it happened to someone else rather than you because we're glad we're not the perpetrator either there is that same sense of relief that whatever kinds of aggression and impulses one has we didn't act on them someone else did because it gives us an adrenal rush people receive a jolt of adrenaline as a reward for witnessing terrible deeds The euphoric effect of true crime on human emotions is similar to that of roller coasters and natural disasters. And because we are trying to solve the mystery, humans like puzzles, and true crime shows and podcasts gets our brains going. By following an investigation on TV, people can play armchair detective and see if they can figure out who done it before law enforcement authorities catch the actual perpetrator. This gives them a sense of closure. It is also a challenge that stimulates the brain because we like to be scared in a controlled way. True crime allows us to experience fear and horror in a controlled environment where the threat is exciting but not real. For example, the stories of real-life killers are often for adults, what monster movies are for children. True crime lets us dive into the darker side of humanity but from the safety of the couch. because the storytelling is good and comforting if you can tell a story about real people involved in real things 
that draws their interest more than something some Hollywood scriptwriter made up that always has the same components and the same ending. Not only that, most true crime shows follows a similar narrative format which could also play into our obsession. Now that we have got the why out of the way, let's talk about the how or how much impact these shows have had. Technology has democratized who gets to tell these stories. It is relatively easy for anyone with a knack for narrative and an internet connection to dig up an interesting cold case and turn it into a podcast or show. Meanwhile, there are true crime TV channels such as Investigation Discovery with a non-stop schedule of shows. For those who prefer a more hands-on homicide experience, there's an annual convention called as CrimeCon. You can also shop for serial killer swag on, on, on online sites, which boosts a disturbing amount of murder merchandise from coffee mugs decorated with names of famous killers to blurred, splattered hair ties. A Netflix series charting Avery's wrongful conviction on a sexual assault charges and reincarnation for murder became a sensation on its December 2015 debut. Hundreds of thousands of people have since signed petitions demanding his and his nephew's acquittal. A second series has already been released and legal appeals are going on. In 2018, Netflix revealed that Making a Murderer was one of the top three most watched shows on the platform. And this is due to the demand and supply as more and more people are choosing felons over friends. Many people worry that watching a lot of true crime could lead to a rise in violence or even copycat crimes. Escalating violence on screen can make us more tolerant if it is in real life. This can be explained through desensitization theory, which suggests that the more we are exposed to stimulus, such as violence on TV, the less we respond to it. Normally, witnessing aggressive behavior causes a physiological stress response, increasing heart rate and releasing adrenal. Regular exposure to violence means it is less likely to provoke an emotional response, so individuals are more likely to behave violently themselves. As well as becoming desensitized, people can also become disinhibited. This means we are more likely to see brutality as a reasonable response as watching it repeatedly means it becomes normalized in our eyes. An alternative theory regarding media and violence is cognitive priming. This suggests that watching aggressive media provides a script for how we should react in certain situations. If we see aggression being rewarded, we are much more likely to use these scripts when we perceive an environmental stimulus as aggressive. Fans of Netflix series You would therefore be more likely to see shutting someone in a room as a way to resolve conflict as it works in the show. However, watching true crime shows isn't enough to make a murderer. True crime stories can sometimes be more powerful than traditional journalism. Sometimes true crime programs succeed where the authorities have failed and give a voice to victims who have been silenced. These stories aren't just being told, they are being reinvestigated. The internet allows people to trade theories, hunt down clues and influence the narrative. However, not all victims' families are so thrilled that old wounds are being reopened. While stories such as Making a Murderer or The Staircase, which seek to exonerate convicted killers, have been praised for exposing flaws in the criminal justice system, 
They have also been accused of exploiting the deaths of the women involved and preventing their families from getting closure. So do true crime shows have a positive or ne- negative impact on society? It's not an issue that can be simplified down to a yes or a no answer. There are many different factors to consider. While they may normalize violence in public eye a little, most people still wouldn't ever consider recreating the crimes of Ted Bundy or Charles Mason. Many people do enjoy watching true crime shows purely as a form of entertainment, getting a rush of adrenaline at crimes that seem larger than life, and given how long people have been interested in true crime, it seems inappropriate to blame any rises in violent behavior on indulging in the latest documentary. I would like to end this episode with Thomas Kuhn's argument from his classic text The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. He stated that science is not merely a collection of facts objectively discovered and investigated rather it is a series of long periods of peace operating under one narrative of reality punctuated by periods of crisis because a new narrative has been created the key is that these new narratives though they are the subject of much debate and controversy are once accepted no longer seen as narratives but as objective reality So now the so now that the fourth episode has been done the next episode and the last episode of this podcast is going to be uh in regional language that is in my mother tongue marathi and it's going to be the summary of all these four episodes that I've been talking about and it's just going to be a small plot wise explanation of this podcast so until next time see you again